everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show. It may well possess a rudimentary intelligence. You try to think, but nothing happens. Well, the great disturbance in the force. Hello, I'm Mr. Ray. Come on, Mark, I got a job for me. Where's the goodies? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if Mom and Dad were here. You filthy criminal. Excuse me while I whip this out. Go ahead. Make my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. All of human history has led to this moment. This is our last stand. And if we lose, it will be a planet of apes. Oh, it's rather ominous here on Everything Old is New Again. I'm here with the rather simian-like David Cohen. Yes, we're going bananas over this show. <laughs> let's get like it. let's get it all out in the open. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, that was a clip from War for the Planet of the Apes from this past summer, 2017. Right. And that uh, was the third in the Planet of the Apes reboot uh right that's what we're gonna call yes. it okay and today's show will be all about planet of the apes I apes mean, in general that last movie let's just go back for a second i just gotta that last movie made 500 million dollars well look and i don't want to monkey around with this subject <laughs> i want to get right into it well, because it had, yes no 500 million dollars is is uh yeah it's, that's a lot of banana peels right there <laughs> it's not peanuts <laughs> It doesn't really work. No, peanuts would be elephants, elephants, right? Yeah. In true everything old is new again fashion, this franchise began with Charlton Heston, as we know, right? Yes. Leading uh, or landing, I should say, on the Planet of the Apes in 1968. It's 49 years ago. Gosh. The first movie started a true, do you remember this? Phenomena. A phenomena. It was a phenomena. 1968. That was before... Mankind, right? Wasn't that there well, were the the dinosaurs were around in sixty? We were around Still. back then. You and I were, were we? And the apes did rule the day from sixty eight to seventy six. They were in movies after movie. There was two TV series, including an animated series. They were that a phenomenon. I mean, it was unbelievable. And now, with a five hundred million dollar income for a movie i have to say it may not be a phenomenon like people aren't talking about it the way they did back in the 60s and 70s but, but it's pretty popular pretty, pretty pretty well yes <laughs> they are exactly so if you could just curb your enthusiasm for a moment <laughs> uh, we will <laughs> discuss and explore the fascination with apes we could say but really with chimps as well with monkeys what's up with all of that I would suggest to you that the first... Well, aren't chimps and monkeys are apes, right? Yeah, they're all apes. They're not. They're all different types, if you ever watch No, but it. I thought it's the ape family. This is where Doug and I really delve into the... Uh, <laughs> into Genealogy the of into apes. Into the world of Wikipedia. <laughs> so neither of, neither of us know exactly what we're talking right, about, so but we're going to profess I'll like just edit those last 30 seconds out so because we, we, we have to profess ourselves as knowledgeable in yeah, some I think way. people get pretty soon that we're not. But anyway, <laughs> I think they're Rice all apes, Burrows. by the way. Edgar okay. Rice Burroughs in 1912. Also an Yes. No, he was not an ape. He presented the first Tarzan book. And I, th I think that was the beginning of ape mania. Does that make any sense to you? 
<laughs> it was a phenomenon going on back John then. John Paul George and Bingo the Ape, right? <laughs> yeah. Ape Mania. No, and Cheetah. Listen to this. This is from 1932. The one of there was a silent movie as well, but this was the first movie with Johnny Weissmuller and Maureen O'Sullivan. Let's try to figure out where did this Planet of the Apes stuff come from? Is this of interest? What are you no. going to do, badass? Tarzan, Jane, boy, love it, Jane. Darling, that's quite a sentence. We did a show on Tarzan, and we acknowledged. I just it. felt like I was in an Uber right there. But anyway, <laughs> let's let's. Uh, I, so your theory here is that that spawned ape mania, which spawned Planet of yes, the Yes, because if you know Tarzan, I'm not talking about Tarzan being the ape. I'm talking about Cheetah, who was the I guess you'd say the chimp. I think he's a chimp in that series. Right, was a phenomenon. Phenomenon. He was a phenomenon. And here's a little something later on on David Letterman, this Maureen O'Hara, like one, get this straight, like 50 years later. She was like 100 when she yeah, was on the show. She was talking about Cheetah, and let's just, he's the Babe Ruth, by the way, if you will, of chimps. Cheetah's the Babe Ruth yes. of chimps. So let's okay. hear what she has to say about working with the Babe Ruth of all chimps. Jane, Johnny Weissmuller, Johnny Sheffield, and a horrible little creature called Cheetah. Cheetah. Horrible. Uh. And every time I would go near Johnny, I would see this wicked look. Just spring at me. Yeah. Uh-huh. You will see Cheetah standing with one leg way out of the camera. And you know why that is? Because it was on a chain. <laughs> he was on a chain. He That's was nice. That's nice to hear. It's a warm, fuzzy feeling. You know I'm what getting. it was? Behind the scenes, Cheetah was That's in horrible. love with Johnny Weissmuller, did not like her. Right. And so Cheetah. Well, maybe it was the way she spoke. Why did, why did actresses speak that? Do you realize that that's, that is a completely put on it's funny, accent? She grew up in Brooklyn, you know? right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> there's an affectation. Um, and he was chained off camera. <laughs> Yo, lady, listen. <laughs> who's you grew the, up in Bensonhurst. <laughs> who's the Lou Gehrig of? Chimps, chimpdom. Do I don't know? know. I bet you know, though. I do. Uh, the After that, there was, of course, the chimp mania went crazy with, of course, King Kong in 33. In 51, Ronald uh, Reagan was in two Bonzo movies. But oh, I this thought you were is... calling Reagan a chimp. No. I don't know where you're going with never. that. Never. But this is, this is, I guess you'd say, the Lou Gehrig of, of chimps, 1953, on the Today Show with Dave Garraway. Let's Who is go this? Up and tell Jack that you've got a new desk. Come on, Muggsy. Gee, Dave, I've, I've never been happier about anything. Now that he's got his own desk, he'll leave mine alone. Yes, indeed. It, it, it's kind of nice that he's got his own desk. Look out! <laughs> You've got your own desk. Now go away. So they're grabbing this um, chimp, J. Fred Muggs, and they're having him interact with the, the hosts, and they've got their desks, and they expect him to do nothing. All of a sudden, he's starting to wreak havoc on the set. This is on the Today Show. This is on the Today Show. Right. He was the mascot for the NBC Today Show from 53 to 57. He was on the show every single day. They had a chimp. With this Dave Garraway, who hated this chimp. <laughs> he was upstaged by the chimp all the time. They had the chimp always dress as a human being. <laughs> He would have he would this with like is, a suit and tie. Yes, absolutely. Wow. They would have or suspenders. They would also have him wear wear and he could roller skate. Uh, so it would have him roller skate from stage left. You're watching TV from the left side of your, t- your TV to the right side of the TV with a placard that would say our next guest is whoever it was, and he would he would cross the across wow. the screen that way, and then he'd come back. So he was he was quite what would you say a intricate part of Americana. 
back in the day because that Today Show became the number one today number one show in uh, you know in television the number one morning show in television. Now, did Muggs ever take over the show? Did he become the host at any point in time? Dave Garraway, who was the host of the show, wouldn't allow it. In fact, what he did one time, I don't know if you ever heard of this. He he was so jealous of J. Fred Muggs that he spiked his OJ with an amphetamine to hopefully cause J. Fred Muggs to go crazy and be fired. <gasps> never happened today. Never happened. All well, right. I mean, did he... It happened. It all... Wow. And eventually it happened. And eventually in 57, they said it's enough with, with uh, J. Fred Muggs. Oh, because it was enough with, with Garraway. <laughs> no, Garraway got away with it. Um, so if if he's the Glue Gehrig, so where does King Kong fit into this framework that see now that's up. where we get back to it because king kong's a big huge ape to me he's not a chimp and he's not part of this discussion but then again as we're talking about planet of the apes so he should discuss him right but he's he's a separate entity i will n- he's not he's a, in this because he's a giant let's put it, ape? Let's put it this what? way he is a football player let's put it that way in our analogy he's not in the same game okay ah it worked no, I'm just okaying so we can move on. Uh, well, let's move on with the discussion <laughs> to what do you think, with all of this that went on back in the day with Cheetah, with J. Fred Muggs, what is the reason? Would you want, think about it right now, if you're watching the Today Show, would you want to see a chimp? And is 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 there any fascination left for There's these? There's a lot of, I'd love to see a chimp on the Today. I'd love to see a chimp on every show. So because, why don't we see a chimps ever? Where's the, I, what's I the think last we actually chimp? do see a lot of chimps on TV shows these days, <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> but yes, I think they're entertaining because they remind us of ourselves. Okay. And and there's it's just it's the whole idea that chimps have the, the id you know they just they do whatever they want to do and it's kind of liberating to watch them do it. They're because, like a kid, kind of exactly, and they're a mirror of who we are, who we want to be. That's my take on it. I like that idea. And by the way, I'm the Babe Ruth of of uh, of you know human viewpoints on apes. So there oh, you go. That when it, in the narrow scope you can have it. We'll be back on everything old is new again. Right after this, continue finding out what's going on with these apes. Why are Planet of the Apes so popular? When we get back. We're going to talk about something called Lancelot Link. Oh yes. Yeah, King Kong is. Oh, we have a, we have a few minutes for the podcasters. Sorry. All right. Uh, King Kong is what. Well, I was just going to say, I think you forgot about him when you were doing your baseball Well, analogy. I talked about him, but I just... I don't... But I'm saying like where he fit in. How Maybe about... he just didn't. You know why? Because... I'll tell you why. Because he uh, is really not human-like, I don't think, because he's so gargantuan. You can argue that the Planet of the Apes, Apes, and Lancelot Link, which we're going to get into, right. they're more human. They're portrayed as, with, as having human-like qualities. But King Kong didn't. I'm just trying to help you out here. Um, yeah, I just think I, I just really never thought of him as a because he's so huge. He's not. It's an aberration. He's not in this discussion. I can't see. But him. the talking apes apparently are in the discussion because that's more because of the same size. They, they didn't change their size. I just want to understand the rules. That's all. <laughs> uh, and I guess you could say there are rules. There are there rules. Are rules. I yes. wouldn't. Uh, I mean, you're making them up as you go along, but right. but, but you're making them up. There we are. We have rules. a framework to what we're going to talk about, and we're going to we are eventually going to get to a discussion of the Planet of the Apes. We'll be back right eventually. after this, and everything old is do again. This is the original theme, if you remember from the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I didn't remember that. There it is. Thanks for reminding me. You know, oh, oh, yes. I thought you meant the theme of the show. <laughs> <laughs> An actual theme song. We'll eventually get there. And everything old is do again. That's you this. on the piano, isn't it?
You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Lance Lee, Secret Chimp. Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. We're counting on you to listen to us, to like us, to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Everything Old is New Again Radio, to uh, check us out on Twitter. It's all there. Go to our website, everythingoldisnewagain.biz. You'll find out all those connections. Anyway, we're back, and we're curious to see if you've ever heard of Lancelot Link. Have you ever heard of it? Heard of it? It's one of my favorite shows growing up. <laughs> what was it all about? It was, it was I think, 1969. Well, that was the theme song we heard, and it was on Saturday mornings. It was uh, Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. It was a spinoff. It was like Get Smart. So Lance Link was, you know, uh, uh, basically a secret agent, and he would go out and, and fight crime and... You know, there was an uh, an evil organization that that they were always up against, uh, but they would be it would be live action. It was actual chimps dressed up in human clothing, <laughs> and they would mouth. You know, they they would give them chewing gum, so their mouths would move, and there would be actors doing voiceovers, uh, doing the voice of Lancelot Link and and his girlfriend, his sidekick Mata Harry, Mata Harry, um, and, and other other characters too. But there was not one human in the entire show. It was fascinating. Well, did they to actually me. write this show, or I mean, like, what? Who? What, who wrote this show? Well, the crazy thing is, they it was actually really well written because <laughs> think about it now. This was the sixties, and there was a lot of you know uh, hallucinatory things going on. Two uh, writers who worked on the Carol Burnett show left the Carol Burnett show to write. For Lancelot Ling's Secret Chimp. Which was a Saturday afternoon show. Yes. They left, they left Carol Burnett to do this show. I don't know why, and I don't think we ever heard about them again. But basically, uh, my, my point is that it was also a, a very well-done show. And it's really sad that, that it kind of went off the air. And I don't even know if you can get episodes of it anymore. You can get episodes. They have uh, DVDs for sale. Get out. Yep. And the uh, the actually a portion of the sale of the DVD goes to an animal, animal kind of... Uh, Ape kind of, I don't know. The preserve, sort of preserve, right? Preserve, yeah. Oh, wow. And, okay. uh, well, now, one of the voices, you mentioned Get Smart. You remember yeah. Siegfried? Oh, sure. We had him on the show. Uh, Bernie the, Capel. Bernie Capel was on the show, and here's Bernie Capel on Everything Old is New Again, talking about Lancelot Link. Now, that's when you've made it. <laughs> now we will know all of Ape's secret codes for this month. With it, we can destroy their agents. Which one first? Lancelot Link. There you go. I mean, did you hear him in the beginning? I heard him in the beginning. That's so cool. <laughs> and he was on the show talking about Lancelot Link. I was very lazy and did not feel like going through the three-hour interview to find the 30-second clip. Uh, but you can find uh, a discussion of Lancelot Link with Bernie Capel on Everything Old is New Again on our YouTube site, Everything Old is New Again Radio, or go to the website, Everything Old is New Again Dot biz. Everything old is do again. Dot biz, and you'll hear him basically say, "Yeah, it was insanity. Uh, I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. It was get smart uh, kind of takeoff." Right, and he just like could not believe he was actually doing this. 
<laughs> well, it was easy work, right? And it was a fun show, I'm sure. Yeah, it was. It's good. But did, do you remember if he said, were they ever, was he ever on the set or did he, was he just off doing voiceovers somewhere else? They're off location? doing voiceovers and they're watching the, the video, the of, video the of the, they taped the apes or chimps mouthing the words first because sometimes they would do something and they would hit the the guy next to him or something and so as you're doing the voice you would see that happening you'd say ouch or whatever it might oh be. so you had like to go along lib with... i would say oh that's so cool that's really cool <laughs> it's sort of like what we do yes you know? pretty much uh <laughs> we are ape-like in that regard now speaking of apes i mean now we've talked about uh cheetah right talked about J. Fred Muggs, right, and we've now talk, talk, spoken about Lancelot Link. Do you know that the actual Lancelot Link person character is ape, ape is still alive and well in uh, in where is it now? His I, name's Tonga. Right? Yeah, he's in Tonga, and he's living in a wildlife preserve in Los Angeles, the Wildlife Way Station in yeah. L.A. Yeah, that's true, and and uh, J. Fred Muggs is still alive. That's my favorite. Isn't it crazy, he's still alive and he's I believe also in a in a preserve um Citrus Park, Florida. Uh, <laughs> I love it when apes retire they go to Florida too. Uh with his girlfriend. What I took my girlfriend down Phoebe there. Phoebe B Phoebe. Phoebe B Phoebe. Say that again. Phoebe B Phoebe. That's his girlfriend's Yes, name. and yeah. she was on the Today Show with him in the later and, stages. And they're living together in Citrus Park, Florida, the happy uh, Jewish ape couple. <laughs> now, listen, I have to tell you a story. Back in the day, it had to be 1969 to 71 in that range, our high school, Half Hollow Hills High School East, has a huge auditorium. There was a show, a traveling show, that... Uh, uh, that for fundraising that they, that they would sell tickets to, and it always sold out. It had, um, let's see, Tiny Tim was in the cast. It was like a variety show. Wait, when we went there? Yeah, yes. No, what? no, no. We were about 10, 11 years old. So we went, we, I, I went with my family. We bought tickets and went to that auditorium. Oh, it was wow. J. Fred Muggs. J. Fred Muggs was oh, in the cast. Oh, my gosh. Um, Georgie Jessel. Georgie Jessel. <laughs> yep. And, no uh, one's going to know and, that. <laughs> and Tiny Tim tiptoe through the tulips, tip-toe. and some of these jugglers from this from the uh, um, what's that show, like the Ed, Ed Sullivan, Sullivan show. show, and they did all, they put on a whole show. Wow. I remember that. This is forty years ago. I remember that to this day. Wow. I remember. Well, I hope going. so. You were thirty years old at the time. Right. So, and J. Fred Muggs was like one of the big stars of this show for two, three years in a row. Can't believe you saw him. He'd in come person. out on a unicycle, and he would start unicycling, and then he would juggle. I wish you could see Doug now. He's reenacting it. He's like teetering back and forth. He's juggling. And he, he's personifying J. Little, Fred Muggs. And he'd, be, he'd be on his little thing and, he'd, and, and he'd have him juggling or they'd have him try to juggle. And uh, and then think about this. Georgie Jessel followed J. Fred Muggs and Tiny Tim was on before him. So think about that. Like being Tiny Timmy, like you think you're a big hit with Tiptoe Through the Tulips, you get married on a Tonight Show. But all, all you're doing is opening for a chimp. Opening for a chimp. That was on right. a Today Show. At least Georgie <laughs> Jessel closed the show. He has nothing to be ashamed of. What about. is the fascination with to Georgie Jessel again? It's actually was Georgie Jessel. <laughs> Teacher, I'd love to explain why I didn't have my homework. <laughs> I gotta pull up. I gotta pull up a clip. And I <laughs> I did not get a chance to do my homework because I was doing a benefit for the Jewish 
conservatory luncheon. And they, and actually, they had Annie Yugman one yet, too. The two of them on stage together. That's oh, so wow. Bad. I mean, that was... With, with the uh, the banjo, Henny Youngman, right, or the ukulele? The, the, I, was it? It was like it was a, like a violin kind a vi- of a thing. Uh, violin. Yeah, Sorry, right. you're right. All right. So now we've progressed because we're in the '60s, <laughs> have we? Yeah. <laughs> we now we've evolved. Have, That's yeah, a way to and, say. And it. This, this is how Georgie Jessel felt. Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! <laughs> You know, in the, in, the, in the locker room, what do you call it? The dressing room. <laughs> George, do Georgie Get Jessel. Get hands off me, you damn dirty. <laughs> no, do no, Georgie Jessel not... getting dressed. You know, he's just putting his stuff on. What do you, what, what do you mean? Do, what is he... do Georgie Jessel getting dressed. You know, Isn't that my... a visual thing? How do you do that? Do, on... Does he can discuss it? Who put my shirt across the room? Get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. That's a rehearsal of that. Why did you tell... He's putting his his toupee on. why did you ask me to do it when you you played that thing? I know, I'm trying to get it right where he would would put his toupee on and and Georgie Jess would be there in the dressing room and J. Fred Muggs would come and take the toupee off and then Georgie Jess would say that. Okay. It it didn't really work. The timing didn't work. Yeah, I actually should have told you maybe what I had in mind. It might have been a little more... uh, might have worked a little better. That's okay. So that was Charlton Heston. We're now at the, plan- the serious situation talking about Planet of the Apes. We're on live, and it just doesn't seem to be working too well. Can you grab that for me? Yeah. As I say, that did you know that Rod Serling from The Twilight Zone wrote the first draft of the original screenplay from the French book by Pierre Boulet. And it was Rod Sterling, Rod Sterling wait, wait, for The wait, Twilight Zone. Wrote what? What wrote, are we talking about? He wrote the original screenplay for The Planet of the Apes. And what survived from his original screenplay was that last scene. With the Statue of Liberty? That Correct. was Rod Serling? That was Rod Serling's idea. Why didn't the first part survive? What happened? They well, they didn't... went through a lot of reincarnations, a lot of changes. I, I couldn't oh, they... tell you all that. But okay. later on, you know, they, they, he got off of the project and so forth. But it, that made it a cultural phenomenon. A phenomenon. So I have to say that when we get back, I want to talk about a time that there was something called Go Ape. Do you remember this? Yes. What, what was, was that? I don't remember. It was. I remember the phrase, though. Why? You will hear a t- story of what is Go Ape back in 1974, what happened in the movie theaters all over the country in 1974. I remember. Okay, right. we'll talk about it we'll on talk the about flip that. side. Exactly. And when we get back a few moments to talk about uh, everything old is new again, it's going to talk about the infestation of the ape and the thoughts of the chimpanzee in America in the early 70s. The apes were a big phenomenon. I remember it well. Get back right into this. They're the old again. Now, back to America's entertainment pop culture talk show, Everything Old is New Again, with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Shall ape ever kill man? Ah, shall ape ever kill man? Isn't that the philosophical question of the day? Ape shall not kill ape. Right. We're back here and everything old is new again, and we're examining the phenomenon called the Planet of the Apes. We're in the 60s right now, and then we're going to talk about the current genre or the current incarnation. But first, with the 60s, I wanted to talk about Go Ape. We left off with Go Ape. Go Ape. That was a time when 
movie theaters bought into this on a Saturday afternoon. It was advertised for months that they were going to play all five Planet of the Eight movies in a row, one after the next, for approximately eight to nine hours you'll be in the theater. And so we as kids, we would... We're riding our bicycles up and down the streets, and we're, we're trying to finagle. How are we going to get our parents to allow us to go to the Whitman Theater, which we could ride our bikes to, um, for nine hours? And I don't know what the cost was, but it had to be more than one movie. Uh, yeah, ticket, but, right. But they didn't. There certainly wasn't five movies. The cost of five. No, you know? and then there, of course all the popcorn. And we, we, this is Nirvana. We're going to have popcorn. We're going to have M and M's. We're going to, you know, goobers galore, soda. Back in the day, we're going to sit there with uh, all my buddies from the neighborhood, about 10 of us. We're all trying to plan and scheme and connive. How are we going to get our parents to allow us to do this? So we all come up with different ideas, different schemes, different things. We're going to uh, go to this one's house. We're going to play baseball, whatever. Those are back in the day where your parents would let you, let you go Saturday. Sure. And you'd be out at 11 and say, come back when, you know. At dinner time. At yeah. dinner time when the lights go on in the street or whatever it might be, right? The street lights, yep. uh, which is like five. So we all did that. We, we made, did our, made our plans, whatever we had to do. We all told our parents about this, and we we're all excited. We got a couple of dollars. Parents allowed us to do it. And and we thought that we were the smartest, the bravest, the we were entrepreneurs. We got there. We locked our bikes up. We went in. We we watched these movies for five movies in a row. We thought we had outsmarted our parents. They they had to do whatever they had to do, parent things, and we had the time of our lives. We get back to the to my house, drive back to the house, and we see that the house is a mess. What's this all about? The parents got over on us they uh, the neighborhood parents allowed us quote to go to the go, go ape they had a party all the adults for nine <laughs> hours <laughs> while we were gone well you think about it i mean it was great for the parents because they knew where you were they knew you were in a safe environment right yeah. so yeah. it was perfect for them all right why not yeah but of course they wouldn't let you know that no they we, yeah. we thought we were getting over on them you know god, god, for, god forbid they'd say yes go enjoy yourself all right, we know all these machinations all these plans and whatever <laughs> how are we going to get to do this and how are we going to plead for the you know for the money and what have you and they're like you know we finally got rid of these kids for 10 hours thank god for <laughs> Go ape. If you have a parent that had kids in the sixties, ask them about go ape. I bet you they all had a party that day. Then the parents went ape. Apparently, <laughs> exactly. Anyway, let's talk about and roll our sleeves up to a little bit. I'm going to argue and tell you. Listen, I got news for you. I'm not interested in the apes. You seem to have some affinity to the apes' position in these movies. I don't. Oh, I, I root for the humans. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember. Do you, I'm going to pull some quotes up here from uh, the movie itself, the first one. Uh, do you remember this? The, the Cornelius talking about the 29th scroll in their, in their church. Beware the beast man, for he is the devil's pawn, alone among God's primates. He kills for sport or lust, or greed. Yea, he will murder his brother to possess his brother's land. Let him not breed in great numbers, for he will make a desert of his home and yours. Shun him, drive him back into his jungle lair, for he is the harbinger of death. He's the harbinger of death. Man is is horrible. Drive him back. What is all this? Is this, this is what you think? But they're saying man, women, another story altogether. Well, Let's yeah. just make that clear. Women was smarter than than men to dress up as apes and be in a movie at the But time. it was an interesting concept. I th- yeah. thought I I still think, you know, there's some validity to that. Which is 
Like that what? They, the fight against oppression and all this stuff? No, that, that that humans are more prone to blow themselves up than apes would be if apes ruled the world. Apes live very peacefully, and they just kind of coexist, and they hang out, and they do what they need to do, and they sleep, and they you know do other things. Interesting. So you think the apes would have a better civilization than humans? Of course. Uh, I Don't disagree. you? Listen to Taylor, see what he has to say about all this, the great Charlton Heston. Tell me, though, does man that marvel of the universe, that glorious paradox who sent me to the stars, still make war against his brother, keep his neighbor's children starving? So they, does, does man He's still so have smug. war against each other? They still have... Uh, a problem, you know, with with hunger and so forth. So that goes to kind of your point. He's saying that where he came from, there was a problem with the civilization, right? And so you're saying that that spawned because well, uh, it, it actually happened in the movie, right? That he found out that to be true, right? Right, right. That, that humans blew themselves up in the movie, yeah. Right. right. So what are we saying? You're saying that that when you watch this movie, you identify with who? Here's what I'm saying. Yeah, I want to hear it. We've been given Say the something. Op- we've been gi- if you let me, I will. Come on, talk about it. I felt like a fondue guy with Bobby. Human- <laughs> <laughs> Humans have been given the opportunity forever to uh, to do it, and they keep screwing up. I think it's time for the apes. Yeah, Let's the, see what the apes can do. I, ape- I'm handing over the keys to the world so that to the, the apes could round up all the humans. They wouldn't do lobotomize that. them, put them in cages. Are you kidding? That's, that's all they did. They wouldn't do that. But that was in the movie. That's what they did in the movie. I'm not talking about the movie. Oh, you talking I'm about the, real life? Yeah, in real life. Could you yeah, imagine talking about the movies? We're on everything old is doing and talking about the movies. How about this one? Listen to this <laughs> one. Very good human. There you go, apes. The only good human is a dead human. That's what the apes that's have to say. That's because that's how humans want to portray the apes in the movie. I'd like to see the movie where the apes took over oh, you think that was and everything fake was news? pretty good. That was taken out of context? <laughs> fake news, right. <laughs> was it taken out of context? No, no. It was a pure, complete fabrication. <laughs> it was exactly, that was exactly fake news. I don't news. think so. Listen... How about a movie where where the apes take over and they actually do good and and civilization is thriving? Who would and humans are to... like, great, this is much better. So we could be subservient to, to the apes. Think about it. I don't have to vote. I don't have to decide about who to vote for anymore. <laughs> I'm living in this nice house. There's an ape running the country. He's doing a great job. Why not? Oh, we've had that happen a few times in <laughs> our civilization. Listen, uh, I'm sorry, but these <laughs> these uh, some uh, some people say that happens in this house here. Who my right? Yeah, so I got to get up in the morning. I have to get my ape owner some orange juice. If that's all I have to do, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I don't know. I think the philosophical argument is lost upon you. I think you're not understanding the the ramifications of an ape in charge of the human. Because you just think about what the movie is telling So you. let me ask you a question. The new movies where the apes take over, you're rooting for the mo- the apes in these new movies? I'm rooting for the apes because I think ultimately they're good. You think Caesar is good. And, and you know, I'll tell you, that's the way... Have you seen these new ones? Yes. Caesar is... is- presented as this great gregarious leader, renaissance ape. (laughs) He took his name from a great Roman human who wanted freedom. As opposed to a Roman (laughs) what? Well, I mean, he took it, he's he's the first, Caesar is is the first of apes, and Julius Caesar was the first of all Romans, see? So that's where they got the name from. Okay, yeah, I I got it. And now you see what's happening in the new incarnation is that man's horrible, man's done terrible things to apes, humankind. 
humankind. And, and, and well, I don't know if women have not done horrible things. It's really been That's men. That's true. It's mankind. Uh, You're right. But uh, horrible things to apes, horrible things uh, in the cages, and so you've seen it develop over time. And now it's... Is there an analogy? Is this science fiction fiction uh, trying to show something about our civilization anyway? Is it a reflection upon what we've done? Is it a, a, a morality tale in any way? Or is it just a movie about, you know, this idea just because I don't fun. think we need lessons about morality. I think we all kind of get that. So I think it is just a movie about what if. It is. Yeah, that's uh, my take on it. I You know, I don't think you're that far off. I think that Charlton Heston was very close to the point here that there are times and this is made in the 60s where that atom bomb always was thought it was going to blow up and now it still could end of the movie here's this great point. he really did it you maniacs you blew it up oh, damn you god damn you all the hell what do you think it's like uh, that was one of the best endings to any movie ever. Huge surprise, right? Huge surprise. We're back. Everything goes new again right after this. More apes. We're going to go ape. This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. It's a madhouse! A madhouse! Oh, that sounds like my house when I get home for dinner and it's not prepared. <laughs> this is Everything Old is New Again with uh, David Cohen and Douglas Viviani. And we're just going to kind of debate a little bit about the themes of Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Now, uh, let, me, let me make one or two other points about why yes. I'm siding with the apes. All right. Go okay? ahead. I think I see the apes, and maybe this is getting a little too heavy for the show. I don't know. But I see the apes as a metaphor just for oppression and the persecution of different humans over the years, whether right. it's African Americans, whether it's Jews, whether so to me, I'm rooting for them because I see in them the oppression that has happened to humans. So that's why I root for them, right? Okay, you see them as a uh, like these oppressed overcoming the oppressors. Yeah, look at the movies. Look at how they were treated by the humans in these movies. They were they were completely. I mean, it was just total. The beatings and the, I mean, I, I think, and in the 60s, I think that might have been, yeah. you know, when those movies came out, uh, that, that it really was a metaphor for what was happening in America that, and around the world at that time. Well, remember when you see the scene where... Um, the water hose, The right? water hose, that was just a reflection of what happened in, I guess it was uh, the Democratic Convention in 68, was it? Yeah. At the same time? The, the marches, African-American marches, I mean, you saw that. Right, that was a technique that was used by the police. Exactly. Right, so exactly. it wasn't like out of the blue, so it was a representation. Uh, I w- want to point out just one thing about Taylor, who's to me like the ultimate entrepreneur, if you really think about it. Um, he wants to live without any interference from society at all. You heard the clips before. He's not really a big fan of the human race, and as he's a, kind of a misanthrope, you can see that all throughout. Yeah, he's kind of a um, miscreant. Yeah, he just wants total freedom, you yeah. know. And and in the ship, he shows his disdain for the civilization, um, you know, and, and he doesn't want this. He's not doing this for recognition of God and country, so to speak. He's just getting away. He's on that ship to get away from Earth. Like, that's his motivation. He's not right. planning on coming back. Yeah, exactly. He really he exactly. couldn't care a lot, he, he can't, you know? And then when he eats the fruit, he just reaches his nirvana, you know? He's, right. he's like, um, he's just biting into, I guess it was an apple? Was I forget what he was eating there. Uh, some remember, kind of fruit. Yeah. And he was like, this is heaven. It's perfect. And then he hears those sounds. 
Right. The apes are on the way, you know? Yep. And then you could see, like, I understand your point, but now when the apes are in charge, it's sort of like absolute, I know you've heard this a million times, but absolute power corrupts absolutely. Now the apes are the oppressors, and they're taking advantage of their situation. It was ironic, yes. You know? Yeah. So uh, is it a bigger picture of wh- how is this oppression uh, happening on, whether it be on Earth in 1960 or today or anywhere, is it in, endemic to a civilization that's in charge that they are going? To, it's going to be corrupted? That's a good point. It's possible. And the other side of that viewpoint is, you know, look at how humans treat animals, right? I mean, for the right. mo- I mean, look, for the most part, I think we treat animals well, but there are many instances where they're they're mistreated and right. grossly mistreated. So to see the apes sort of, you know, there's there's so- there's some sort of, you know, kind of uh, morbid fascination with watching animals get their revenge on humans. Well, and now the that's the new incarnation with James Franco. Yes. Especially that first one. Well, they uh, took the cue, rise. they took the cue from me and they ran because <laughs> they really did with the rise. Yeah. They made the uh, apes become very sympathetic for right. sure. Yep. You know, and uh, yeah, they were being experimented on and yeah. Yeah. And abused, and then they've gotten right. this intelligence uh, gene right. uh, infused into them, and uh, and they're able to express their concern, let's put it that way, over what's going on. And they were not getting a, a forum. They were not getting a voice at all, so they had to revolt. And right. that's really, even our, our founders in, uh, in the Constitution say, it is the uh, province of the citizens to revolt against their government when their government is not moral. Right, uh, morality being what it is. What yeah, is morality? It's a different question. Yeah. Right, but you know, uh, that's really the the discussion, the age of discussion, and that's where democracy came about. And our founding fathers tried to defeat this this kind of a system. Uh, and I think it's represented in uh, as a you know in in the Planet of the Apes. I think it's a very interesting discussion. But I still say that I'm not a fan of watching Planet of the Apes. Uh, the most recent ones, maybe because I'm not a kid now, but I'm rooting for the loser now. Or am I rooting for the humans? Like, the latest movie, the humans are pretty revolting. Yes. Uh, with the guy from Cheers, Woody Harrelson. Right. What, what character did he play in Cheers? Remember that? What was he? he was uh, this, oh, he this, was... This, he, the, oh, my god. The gosh. dopey bartender. I forget oh, the name. Oh, man. He was Woody. <laughs> Woody. Right. So Woody now is in charge of all of the human forces uh, to defeat... Uh, the apes in there, and they're, they're, they have the opportunity for peace, and they throw that away. And I don't want to ruin the movie, but it's pretty clear who wins that that the day. Right. And um, I, I think that that leaving it up to a bartender to be in charge of, you know, in charge of the forces of of good which, or of human, it, you're you're kind of fraught with pitfalls. No. And the only reason Woody was there was because Coach died. <laughs> Magic Coach in, in charge. Yeah. I would have oh, that's it. right. That's true. In the in, in Cheers. In Cheers, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that being said, now it's a question of should they do – I mean, you've seen uh, these uh, bits and pieces, or at least uh, if not all of these movies, The Rise of Planet Apes, Dawn of the Planet Apes, War for the Planet Apes. Yep. Is there anything else for them to do? Because now – so look at what they did. With that reboot, that's before uh, Taylor leaves – the planet. 
Right. And those three movies. Now, the last right. one can coincide kind of with Taylor taking off. Yeah. Or maybe a little even before then, because he didn't know about the apes being away no, right he, now. We got, a, we got a problem here, because he didn't know about the apes at all. Because, no, he didn't. So he, he didn't. would have taken off in the thir- in the first movie, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, where it was, uh, you're it was right. starting. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So right. he took off then. Exactly. And then now you've got this, and you've got now have Caesar in charge. Now, the last movie, well, the second. Are they gonna, is there going to be a convergence of the that's two? That's the thing. Do, right. If you watch these three and then watch the four in a row, does it, does it, does it jive? I think these things do jive because what happens if you look at the fourth movie in the original scenario, they went back to Earth and looked at what happened basically at the time of War for the Planet of the Apes. Those two converge but are they are, are the 60s movies and these movies supposed to have anything to do yes, with each supposed, other this is supposed to be a prequel to okay. what happened so we're just trying so to see so maybe it's not really totally making sense as a prequel I think I they sh- would have been more smart in the rise to just show just show a spaceship taking off one yeah. day right. Right? right right it would have been smart and then in, in the in the last one the War for the Planet of the Apes uh, Caesar's grown up at the end of the, number four of the original 60s, Caesar's still a little baby. Yeah, that's true. And he was saying words then. Right. So there's a little inconsistency, because, yeah. but you can kind of tie them together. And then the fifth movie of the ones from the 60s and 70s was a uh, an advancement way beyond all of them. Way beyond. Humans yeah. and... Wait a minute, what am I saying? No, no, no. That, that was a the flashback. The last one was a flashback. Right, flashback to, like, to That was which the time? first prequel. Right, so now where was that? That was time frame-wise. That was a humans and apes were getting together, yeah. but the apes were in charge. Right. So we could say that that's, that one takes place after War for the Planet of the Apes. It's all getting very confusing. <laughs> you know what I think the better idea is? Just yes. scrap, scrap the whole Planet of the Apes thing and put the chimps back on TV like J. Fred Mux. I think that's, that's where this should be heading. Well, because apes will never ever be in charge all of this is nonsense exactly and it's it's sci-fi and it's fun but apes will never ever have any kind of you know in, influence in our society right all. or right. dominion over us exactly but listen i have a surprise oh really i have a big surprise for you uh there's someone here who i'd like you to meet okay hold on, a sec. Hold on. you're bringing a guest in an unannounced guest into the studio Come on. all right Come what on. do we got here let's see who is this? Look at this. Look what I brought oh, in. Oh, say, wait a minute. Who is this? Hey, little Hello? guy. How you making out? His name is Jerry. Jerry. Jerry the chimp. Jerry, and, how uh, are you, my man? Is oh, look at him. What happened? He just he just knocked over my soda. He's drinking the soda. He's like uh, Jerry. J. Fred Muggs. Yeah. Ca- all right, wait. I think there's a way to try to calm him down, but he's getting a little uh, a little out of control here. Hold on. All right. What, what? Jerry, hold on. All right. Let's settle Come down on. for a couple, for like 20 seconds. Let's just, can I, we pet him? Is that? I I'm, you know what? I, he maybe, wants to get loose. He wants to get loose. I don't know. Uh, it, what's his name? I didn't. Jerry. Just say, keep saying. Is it, is it Jerry or is it Caesar? Really, he's kind of like looks like he's the guy from the movies. I don't know. This he's is a cute like, little uh, guy. I, uh, I should have brought a handler in here. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> well, you know what? Hey, wait a minute. What? What's he doing? I can't get, I can't get because ah, I'm off, taking control you know, over here. I can't get him off. He's taking control. All no, right, well, what? what? Dude, come on, wait. Right. I'm trying to drag him out the door. He won't go. This is Jerry. I've taken over the studios of everything old is new again. 
Douglas and David are no longer with us. Next week on Everything Old is New Again, we'll continue to explore the history of apes in American cinema with Bonzo. Bedtime for Bonzo and other classic Bonzo movies on Everything Old is New Again. Ha, 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 ha.